0: This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 55 with special guest Sarah Lillywhite on losing 50 pounds in 50 weeks. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Welcome to the show today. I have an incredibly special guest for you today. Her name is Sarah Lillywhite. She is a life and health coach that specializes in weight loss, and Sarah's got an incredible story to tell. And I will, I'll I'll turn the time over to her to introduce and tell us a little bit about her, but you are just in for such a treat today with the amazing story that she has to talk about her journey with weight loss and how she helps her clients.
1: So tell us a little bit about you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Um, I am a health and life coach. I am a mom of six kids. And I am an entrepreneur, starting my own business, trying to help women who are just like me, who maybe need a coach to help them through the really hard times in life when um, they just need an, a cheerleader in their in their corner, right? to get their goals done. Amazing. Now, Sarah's a little modest,
0: but I have to tell you, I'm in a mastermind with her, and she shared with us a couple of weeks ago that she achieved one of her goals, one of her big goals for this year. She lost 50 pounds in 50 weeks, (laughs) y'all. I am so impressed by her. So Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about your weight loss journey? Like what started it, how coaching played a role in it? Like, Just let us know a little bit about your journey.
1: Absolutely. Um, so I'm somebody who has struggled with my weight for as long as I can remember. And I um, finally hit a wall at one point and I just I cannot do another diet. I mentally cannot do this. And so I just threw away the whole dieting thing, threw away the whole mentality. And I worked really hard to get over um, that whole state of mind of needing to look a certain way. Um, I then started to kind of pack on weight. Uh, Because I was obviously not taking care of myself the way that, you know, would have been really beneficial for me. Uh, And with that, my self-esteem dropped. And then I got to the heaviest that I've ever been, which is 278. And then I decided to get pregnant with my sixth child. And that was scary for me. It was scary to have doctors tell me that um, I was a high risk because of my weight and that I needed to be really careful what I ate because my baby could, you know, be affected by just how big I was. So I got through that pregnancy and I was actually going through life coaching school while I was in that pregnancy. So what saved me was, um, changing my mindset around food and having healthier habits with It ended up actually being the most healthiest pregnancy I ever had, and I had my beautiful baby who was eight pounds, eight and a half pounds is how much he weighed at the end of it. It's hard to keep track Um, when you have so many babies. (laughs) Right? Um, After that, I kind of went through a very dark spot where I had postpartum depression, and I knew because I'd been through this really great change in my mindset. These were not my thoughts, but I couldn't change them. And they were just coming at me, you know, like a train. And you're just sitting there and you're like, I know this is not me, but you can't stop it. So I reached out to doctors and I tried to a few medications and I finally got on something that felt really good to me. I it was my third doctor that I said, listen, I've been doing all these medications and they're not working. That he's like, let's go a different route. And then I found something that worked, which was awesome. So then I was enjoying being myself again and getting out of that and feeling like I was really me. And my doctor was my um, doctor who delivered my baby, my gynecologist she found a cyst on my ovary that was actually rather large and it wasn't gonna go on its way, gonna go away on its own. She told me, listen, you have to get this removed, but you need to lose 50 pounds in order to do it. And that was really hard to hear. I had worked so hard to get out of that mentality of I need to lose weight, and now I'm having a doctor tell me I need to lose weight. <laughs> um but I had really had a change in my pregnancy with um my relationship with food, So I was taking it as a really big challenge, and I thought, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do it, and it's gonna be amazing. So I started on that journey, and um, I did fifty pounds in fifty weeks, which sounds crazy to me because um i've always quit i've always quit after like a month i've always hit a wall that it's been so so hard um with that cyst i ended up getting it removed about halfway through that 50 weeks um it twisted on itself and it became an emergency situation and so then it suddenly wasn't like you need to lose this weight it was like we need to lose this and that doctor referred me to a specialist who was amazing and she's like we're gonna get this out she got it out and she said you know nobody could have removed this except for me so I'm so grateful that um I listened to my doctors I listened to myself and my own wisdom and that I was able to get that removed um the way I it had happened it was amazing um and walked away from that, I'm like, I still, I'm only halfway through my journey and I still really want to do it. Like I wanted to do it because it was fun and it was easy. And I was loving. Wait a second. Sorry. You got to go back for a second. Fun and easy. How
0: was it fun and easy? Like, how did you create that during that journey?
1: Because I really exercised my mind. You know, they talk about exercise being such a crucial part of weight loss, but mind exercise is just, it's what drives everything else. if you can get your mind in the right setting of like be, of being your motivating factor oh man everything else is just it's so easy your body does what your mind tells it to and if your mind is on board with weight loss if it's like no this is we're going to do this a really easy fun way then your body's going to be like great i love vegetables i love protein i love moving i think that's wonderful that you're doing that for me So
0: that was awesome. Yeah. Well, I think too, like your body, at least for me, when I, I also, I lost 20 pounds over this past year too. So I had done a little bit of weight loss journey for myself and it, it wasn't like, like you were saying, um, it really is impactful about what you are telling your body. You're telling your body like, oh, this is so hard and I'm never going to get there. Whatever, wherever there even means. It shows up. Your body's always eavesdropping on what your brain is saying, is what I is what I've heard and what I like to repeat. Like your brain is the one that's driving it. But then I know that when I started to move my body more, like my body was so grateful for the movement. Like it was no longer a punishment. It was play. It was fun.
1: Absolutely. And you know, fun and easy is what I call it, but it really came down to mindset and habits, you know, just tiny little things that were so automatic that nobody really noticed outside of yourself. I mean, when I lost weight, nobody talked to me about it. Nobody mentioned it. Nobody even noticed it until I would say week 48. <laughs> until I was like so close to my goal. Then people were like, oh my gosh, you've lost weight. But um. I know that the biggest changes came and the biggest differences made were at the beginning. It was those times when um, nobody knows it, but I, nobody knows what I'm doing except for me, and I had to be my own cheerleader and be like, "Sarah, you are awesome today. Did you see how you had a salad with your lunch and how you woke up with a really yummy breakfast? And like your body, it's feeling, it's feeling great right now. Look at you go!" That made a huge difference. Well, and what, like, what week did you start
0: your challenge then? Cause it sounds like you did it right. You didn't wait till January, right? Yeah. When did no, you start?
1: I, I started on December 2nd.
0: I started mine like right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for me, I'm like, if it seems like the holidays in our minds are kind of the hardest part. So for me, I was like, if I can start during the holidays, everything else is easy.
1: Right.
0: Oh, that's so funny that you started around the same time too. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's crazy to think back to that because we're in the holiday season again. And I'm like, there was a lot of sugar in my house. There was a lot of candy. And it's not like I pushed those things away and said, I'm I'm just cutting that out completely. I'm not having that. But I planned it in my head. I said, I can have that whenever I want to. But I'm going to stick to my plan, because it's fun to check that off my list and say, I did that today. And then I never felt deprived. I'm ne- I don't look back at that and think, oh man, that was such a hard Christmas time because I was so restrictive and there was so many things I had no to." i I'm like, I don't, I don't think it was really anything different. I don't remember, you know, it being that hard. It's crazy. Um,
0: probably part of the difference too is that, I, I don't know if it's like this for you too, but for me, it's like, oh, the only difference is that I didn't feel like crap because I wasn't overeating. <laughs> Absolutely. Eating pastful and eating for reasons that other people made this, and I'm gonna make them feel bad if I don't eat that. All of those kind of things that people get into, especially around the holidays. It's like, I've got to eat everything. Like Aunt Sue made this. You have to eat that. Like, no, I just nobody even knows what you eat. Usually when you're at like a party, when we're with other people, you're the only one that knows how your body feels, like, especially like the satiate the satiated feelings. You're the only one that feels that inside your body. And it feels so good when you're like not overindulging because then your body's like feels sluggish
1: and doesn't like it. Absolutely. There's so much to be said about listening to your body's wisdom when it comes to hunger and fullness. Your body knows exactly how much food it wants and what kind of food it wants. And it can tell you that, you know, you don't need to rely on an app or somebody else telling you how many calories are perfect for your body knows exactly and that's one of the amazing things about um kind of the journey was really listening to my body and being like when am I comfortably full because I, I kind of got to that point very early on where I was like I'm so sick of being uncomfortably full I am so sick of just that kind of feeling you have of like, I need to finish my plate, but I'm so full. It's like, I'm not going to do that anymore. And it felt really, really good. And my body was like, this is awesome. I love this so much. And that's what made it fun was I was never in a state of like, uh, you know, tired, feeling bloated, feeling great, just feeling, you know, fun.
0: So I have a question about, you said, you said something about planning, like how do you teach your clients how to plan for what they're going to eat? How does that look for you? Or, or for how, what you did either one?
1: Right. Um, we start definitely with understanding our goals. Like what is it that you really want to accomplish? And then we understand the relationship between us and energy because, food is energy. And if you can kind of balance that out and make that a priority of like, I want to have energy today. So I'm going to start my day with protein. I'm going to start my day with, you know, some veggies that or carbs that are going to make you really feel energized for the rest of the day. And then the rest of the day kind of builds on itself, right? Little tiny habits that you can do in the morning to really start your day off feeling good, it's such momentum for the rest of the day. So we talk about that. And then we talk about things like honoring your hunger and your fullness, your body can tell you, I'm, I'm feeling comfortably full. I'm feeling too full. And once you honor that, then you're really, food is not a stress anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not perfect at it and I, I'm still, I'm still working towards it, but that's that mindset too, of like listening to your body. And if you can listen to it, it'll, it'll tell you exactly how much it wants and how much it needs.
0: I love what you said about the body's wisdom. Our bodies are so wise and it's really easy to drown out your body's wisdom when you're you know, worried about what other people are doing and what other people are thinking and all the, like the relationships, putting other people first, all of that drowns out that inner knowing. And that's something that we're, we're told, I think as a society as well, it's just like, don't like don't listen to don't listen to yourself listen to what I want you to do especially like in advertising people want us to buy things and so they're like don't think about what you want think about what we want for you
1: absolutely and that's one of the things that can create a lot of pain and for women is that you're kind of told how many how much to eat every single day. I remember having this back in my dying days. I would get to like four o'clock and I'd be starving and my body would be screaming I eat me like you need to eat food. And I'd be like, mm, no, I want to stand underneath my calorie intake today, so I'm just gonna keep starving and your body is very much like a little kid. like it's gonna ask you, then it's gonna ask louder. And then it's going to ask so loud that you can't ignore it. And that comes in forms of binges, right? Mm -hmm. People talk about women talk all the time about how they can't control what they eat. And I always take a step back and say, are you eating enough? Because your body knows how much it needs to eat. And if you feel like you're out of control with food, then it sounds like there might be something there that you're missing a cue or something. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think that was, one of the steps that I took last year too, I over this past year, I really like developed such a strong relationship just with my body. I'm like, I have conversations with her all the time. I ask her stuff all the time now. It's like she's another person in our family where I just ignored my body for so many years. But when I started that journey, especially, I, I told my body at the beginning, I was like, listen, if you're hungry, I'm going to feed you. Like, I will always feed you. If you feel hungry, I'm going to give you some food, and I think that was building back that trust. Like you were saying, that we're told only eat this much, and if you're if you've already met that, then like don't no eating after seven o'clock. <laughs> I hate that rule. <laughs> I'm like mm-hmm. no. <laughs> so it just it built back up that developed that level of trust with my body. That oh yeah, I am going to take care of me. So. I can tell like my body's like I can tell her when I'm hungry. She's going to take care of me. She's going to feed me. So I don't need to scream at her about it. I can just let her know I'm hungry. So it's just been such a beautiful like um more symbiotic relationship where it's like brain and body are not at odds with each other anymore. So absolutely. Yeah. So my I, we had talked about this a little bit previously and I was ask, I was wondering what is your take on emotional eating and eating for comfort and all of those topics? Like, how do you view them? And what do you, um, what do you teach about that?
1: Um, so what I teach is very much just honoring your feelings as well, because we feel the feelings in our body. And if we are emotionally eating, that means there's something that's needing to be taken care of. Um, This goes a long way with motivation as well. One of the biggest things that I had to really um, stretch myself past is if I made a mistake, if I failed, which I did lots, um, being really kind to myself and being like, it is okay. I love you. I'm, I'm your best friend. You know, that relationship with your body. Like I have the same thing of like my body is my best friend and it's taking care of me and I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to take care of it by saying kind of things, especially when it is, um, when I've made a mistake or I failed. And, um, so with that and emotional eating, um, I always, I try to teach my kind of my clients and I try to do this myself is, Listen, okay. There's some emotion here that is really overwhelming, and I know how to comfort myself, um, and that's through food. If you can just do the fine the tiny, tiny step of acknowledging that there is an emotion behind your eating, you are doing a great job of being able to take care of yourself more. i am I was a huge emotional eater until I started allowing it as a comfort and then having a plan for it. Okay, if I emotionally eat, I'm gonna have a snack ready for myself, you know? Like a, <laughs> a Diet Coke comforts me and some popcorn is just a nice chewy thing that is something I can plan into my day like, if I need it, I can have it. And then just working on acknowledging that feeling it's amazing how much that didn't become an issue for me. And now it's really not an issue because um, I acknowledge it and I take care of it before it becomes something that I need comfort from at the beginning. It was something that I really needed comfort from, from food. And then I would go backwards and say, what was the feeling here? What was the situation? And then I would, you know, work on that after I'd eaten my cookies or my cake (laughs) But now, because I've had so much practice of that, I can catch myself so quickly and be like, there's something. My body is trying to tell me something and it needs needs some comfort. And then suddenly that emotion is not that big. And then that, that, you know, snowball effect that we can have of just, I'm just going to eat myself until I feel happy. It doesn't happen as much. I'm not saying I'm perfect. (laughs) It's an amazing mental exercise that I've worked on.
0: Yeah, if, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you might remember last year, I was talking about how um, there was a little bird's nest outside my bathroom, win- um, bathroom window. We lo- it was on the second floor. And we were like really excited about watching these birds hatch and everything. And the birds hatched and they were so cute. And the mama bird would come by and a big windstorm came and knocked the nest off. And the baby birds all passed away it seriously broke my heart. Like I did not expect me to have such like an emotional reaction to that because I was like, they're just birds. Like if there is birds in another tree that that happened to, I don't I don't have that emotional connection to them, but I did to that to these birds. And so I was talking about in the podcast earlier last year, um or I guess it was earlier this year, like during the springtime this year. um, I found myself like eating a craving like a bowl of goldfish which is so weird for me. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with goldfish. I just, it's not something that I typically plan in or typically eat. And I was just like, I got to go get me a bowl of goldfish. And I like just little things would happen and I would just get set off and so triggered. And I, um, I talk about like your nervous system getting dysregulated. And so I would notice my nervous system is very dysregulated right now. I'm like, in fight, flight, freeze, like all this stuff is happening. I don't know. So I'd grab my bowl of goldfish and go on the couch and curl up in a blanket and like, you know, do some Netflix or something. But the reason why I was doing those things was because I noticed and I recognized that I was in an activated nervous system state. And I knew that like conceptually, my brain could not recognize that I was safe. And so I needed to bring comfort through my body. And so those actions that I was taking were bringing comfort. And I was actually telling myself that while I was like going to the couch. I'm like, you're safe. Like, this is a safe place. Your body is safe right now. Everything is fine. And I'm going to prove it to you. We're going to just like slowly do the things that bring comfort. And Once my nervous system was, well, once I was more aligned and in that more parasympathetic state, that's when I was able to go back and coach and be like, what the heck was that about? I'm like, oh, I'm like really sad about these birds. Like no idea. Like it was having that impact. And of course, like there's other deeper levels of why I was sad about the birds. But it's the same thing that you were talking about that when you're in the moment and you're wanting to eat those things, like it's It's not a, a, it's amoral. It's not good or bad that you're eating it, but your intention that you bring to it can be one of bringing comfort to your body, bringing safety to your body. So then you can bring your prefrontal cortex back online because when your system is so dysregulated, there's no talking yourself out of it. You really have to move your body through it. And so I think, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of people get this misguided idea that like you should never emotionally eat. And I just think anytime we speak in extremes of what you should never do, it usually amps up the behavior and makes it
1: worse. Absolutely. We all have a rebellious streak in us. Right. And then the second you say you can't do something, how tempting is it? Like, "Mm, I really want to do it just, just to get back at myself. And it's so interesting with emotional eating is some rules that I kind of have set up for myself with emotional eating is like I can emotionally eat but if I'm going to emotionally eat I'm going to enjoy it so not only am I going to treat myself to that cake that I know will feel better I'm going to savor it I'm going to make an experience which a lot of times we can, um, I get into this habit of eating in front of the TV or looking at my phone. Right. But I put that down. I made it like an experience. Like I'm going to eat at the table because I really deserve it. I'm going to indulge in something that makes me feel good. And I'm going to be really, really present in this moment. And it's amazing how, if you're listening to your hunger and fullness, cues while you're eating if you're sitting at a table and be like i am doing this because i love myself so much and then the other rule i gave myself i was like not allowed to fill it i was not allowed to you know beat myself up afterwards which i do a lot of and <laughs> i used to do a lot of I, I don't actually yeah i can't even think of the last time that happened which is amazing for me <laughs> but um and i would just try to cut those 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 thoughts off afterwards and just be like yeah I ate cake oh I shouldn't have eaten cake but I did and it was delicious and I'm glad I did it you know like mm-hmm. answering those like answering talking back to those um, thoughts that are wanted to talk to you so loudly after something like that happens
0: totally my my last question for you is um what do you recommend for people that are like kind of like grazers like there's just kind of food out like all day and they kind of just snack like what are your tips for that
1: um, so, my tip for you is definitely to make some habits around planning your meals and then making some habits of listening to your hunger and fullness views. Because ideally, if you are eating breakfast and it is satisfying, meaning it tastes really good and it was an enjoyable experience for you, you felt, you know, satisfied, maybe you could have a few more bites but you're really happy with where you're landed on that hunger scale, you're not going to have any cravings for three to four hours. That's, that's how everyone is. And then that should take you to lunch, right? And then if you're doing the same thing for lunch, it works for dinner too. Um, a lot of times when we're, cra- when we're grazing, um, it's because we're hungry and we're not really balancing our protein intake with our vegetables throughout the day um but a, a quick way to do it like right now today is to just make those things harder to reach oh. if it's out in the cupboard if it's out on the counter which I get it my my grandma was always famous for having all these little goodies out on her counter so that when you came by our house you had all these yummy little things to graze on while you were chatting mm-hmm. um that's great because that worked because I do not go to my grandma's house more than like once a month <laughs> but in my house like Putting it putting it in a cupboard, putting it somewhere that is not easy for me to see or um, reach is really, really helpful. And then being like, I can have that as a treat tomorrow at four o'clock as part of my life snack. And then it's not that whole all or nothing mentality. And it's not that rebellious streak of like, but I really want to write down. Mm-hmm. And then also being very kind to yourself if you give into that and be like, yeah, what did I learn from this? If you do make mistakes, which we all do, and you fail, those are amazing opportunities to learn and pivot whatever wasn't working for you. There was a lot of times that I, especially at the beginning of my journey, I needed to learn how to eat. It's such a strange thing, but I needed to learn what was working for me versus what I thought was working for me. There were times that I was hungry and there was times that I was full and I needed to really learn from those experiences. And so if you take every one, every of those situations and be like, okay, what is the takeaway from this? A takeaway is that I need to do this. I need to change that. And You just tweak it. And it's amazing how just little things make a huge difference. Oh, I love that so much. Well,
0: thank you so much for being a part of the show today. It was incredible. Um, how can, The viewers or the podcast listeners, how can they find more out about you, Sarah? Where can they find you?
1: So I am the feel great coach and that is my motivation. That is my passion is to help busy moms just feel great. And so you can find me on Instagram under feel great coach. You can find me on YouTube. My channel is the feel great channel. And um, you can also get on my email list, which is through my Instagram my Facebook page is also the Feel Green Coach, and um, there's links to my uh, email list where I give just really quick, tiny little tips that you can do right away that'll help you feel healthier and happier every single day. You'll just feel great. Awesome. And do you you offer a program as well, right? Yeah. If you are interested in becoming a client, if you are ready, especially looking at 2023 for goals and getting started with um, your weight loss journey, uh, you can join my 90 day program. It's called the look and feel great 90 day transformation. We do weekly, um, sessions that build on habits and mindsets so that by the time you get to those 90 days, weight loss is fun and easy and you're just so excited to keep going.
0: Oh, that's so amazing. All right. I think this is a perfect podcast for everybody here in December to know that What you want is possible and you don't have to wait until January. Your life can start today and your goals and going towards what you really desire can start right now. All right. Thanks so much, Sarah. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Are you feeling low energy these days? it might be time for you to hop onto the Monday morning creating energy class. It's at 1130 AM Eastern time, 830 AM Pacific time on zoom, click in the show notes and you can get your very own personalized link to the zoom class and meet us there for a definite shift in your energy and what you're bringing to this next upcoming week. See you at class. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, What are you waiting for? Let's get coaching together today. I hope you have a wonderful week as you take your power back on creating beauty wherever you go.